0: remaining washington with one quickly inbounded six seconds to go here's fred van vliet with the three and it's good fred van vliet with the big three
1: we had our chances um but uh you know whatever that number is out there we're the best worst team of all time so uh, you know that's 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 part of where we're at right now we
0: And with a tight overtime loss to the Washington Wizards, it is really now time to wave the white flag for the Toronto Raptors after a long, convoluted COVID-hit season, away from home for 72 full games. The Raptors are now fully, fully out of reach in terms of the play-in places. And to be honest, it's now fully time to embrace the competitive tank, Quite a bold statement to say, some 65 games into a 72-game season. However, Varel, this really was the final nail in the coffin. With a 27-40 and 40 record, four games behind the Wizards, there's no way they can catch up, right?
1: No, absolutely. And um, I like that you mentioned that we've only just waved this flag at this stage in the season because we've been slightly bipolar this whole season on this team because... Is <laughs> really been touch and going week to week one week we'll be singing their praises after everyone's back and we actually end up touching out games and then two weeks later two guys go down and then we're on like a seven-loss streak and we think oh, okay we have no hope again so yeah it really has been a rollercoaster ride for this team but we did say last week that these coming few games were going to be the most important in the season and they were going to be some tough games I didn't see much hope for the team, but I thought if they could scrape out of these games with like a, maybe a fifty-fifty record or maybe you know three and one something like that, I'd say we'd be absolutely delighted. But um, it's gone the opposite way, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, I think for what kind of season it's been, um, I really don't know what direction the team should go in in the last few games. Are we looking to maybe just keep? Some of our star players injury-free for next season. Um, Are we looking to lose some more games to go higher in the uh, draft lottery? I don't really know, Kamel.
0: Well, it's pretty obvious that the front office were happy to see what happens with the young players. Of course, in every single one of these games, they rested two of the starting five. And with Boucher dropping out, um, obviously, episode before this, Um, There's not much depth there. So when you have, for example, Gary Trent Jr. and Lowry out for a game, you're going to have to play the likes of Stanley Johnson, Watanabe, big minutes. And they've done that in this mad, mad stretch. Now we'll come on to Washington later, but at the start of this crucial stretch, just after the Brooklyn loss, of course, was a game against the Denver Nuggets. And for the majority, for three quarters, I'm extremely impressed because they managed to perfectly shut down Nikola Jokic, who, of course, we'll discuss MVP, but this man only took 13 shots in those three quarters. And in fact, the Nuggets did not play him at all in the fourth. They went into the fourth 83 and 83. Nick Nurse's system was working perfectly. The Raptors looked like they had the momentum, but suddenly they hooked Jokic and the Nuggets won the last quarter, 34 to 26. But to be honest, they went on a 17 and 0 run and just put the game out of sight within the first three minutes of the fourth. So Mm -hmm. it it was a difficult one because suddenly the Nuggets didn't have a star, and the Raptors didn't seem to know what to do. They allowed Austin Rivers, Shaquille Harrison, uh, Jermichael Green all to score double digits off the bench. Even Bol Bol saw a few uh, minutes on the court. So, you know, it kind of shows. And, you know, you have a dimer on the court like Facundo Campazo, closely slowly becoming one of my favourite players in the West
1: Um, oh for sure oh he's
0: brilliant isn't he he's only 5'10 as well so he gives all of us short kings hope um, in that sense so but going back to the game you know it's it's that lack of versatility in terms of how to defend an overall team rather than just focusing on a star you know it's almost like they've learned to defend a LeBron led team but (laughs) they can't take on the likes of the Jazz or the Nuggets. And, um, well, let's move straight into the Jazz, right? Vral, you love to sing Utah's praises. That's probably another another thing you can do after this 106-102 loss that the Raptors had. Now, again, if you cast your mind back earlier in the season, it was a Siakam game winner, Siakam buzzer beater away from tying the game and taking to overtime. That was 102-105. Uh, this was just a little bit on the edge of that. The Jazz did have the edge. They won the fourth quarter again. More struggles late on from Nick Nurse's side. But what I wanted to ask you about is uh, Bogdanovich. Now, yesterday, he scored 44 points. In this game, he scored 34. And, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have... You have Donovan Mitchell out, right? And suddenly, he takes over. You don't necessarily expect that with this team, do you? Maybe expect... A jingles or even a go bear to put in a big performance as a big man, but would you really expect Bogdanovich to be taking over? Has he has he just stepped up his game in 2021, or am I completely missing the magic of this European man?
1: Um, yeah, I like your question. Um, the thing that's really surprised me about this jazz team is that how competitive they have looked without um their star player Donovan Mitchell with all the players that were getting injured, in all honesty, he should have been looked at as a leading MVP candidate. You know, after the likes of Jokic got injured, after LeBron got injured, his name still wasn't being mentioned. And um, after he goes down, I think to myself, look, I've seen what this Jazz team looks like when they're missing even one of these key guys because they have such a short... um, lineup They only have like seven or eight guys, but those guys are all quality guys. But even one of those pieces, when they're missing, I've seen what happens to this team. They don't quite look the same. And I'm referring to, of course, their playoff series last year against Denver. And yeah, Bogdanovic, I said at the time, it's, it's a huge, huge piece to be missing for that team. The fact that they took it to seven games without him last year, I thought that's excellent, really. Um, I think he's easily a top ten shooting forward in the league, and I've I've seen um I've seen like one or two lists with him on like in the top ten, and then people just laughing because I guess yeah he's white and European, but he if you watch him like it like out there's a reason I say he's the second best player in the league. The man is incredibly smart, um incredibly efficient. Like he plays in a very similar mould to Joe Ingalls, but. He does much more than Joe Ingles because he's more athletic. He's, quite frankly, a better shooter. I mean, he's 16-23. He went from the field against the Jazz. What a series that could be in the playoffs, though. Like, I, I hope, I dearly hope we get to see that again because from what it looks like at the moment, if the Jazz finishes the number one seed and then uh, Denver finishes the four seed, it could very realistically be a second-round matchup and I think that would be fantastic. But... um. Yeah, Bogdanovic is this team's second scorer. Uh, Gobert is never going to go off for 25 in um, uh, Mitchell's absence. He's not he, hes not that kind of player. He doesn't need to be for this team. But maybe, yes, it is slightly surprising that Bogdanovic is, you know, going for 30-plus. Even in, in this Raptors game, he went for 34, uh, 6 of 11 from 3, 12 of 22 from the field. Just, yeah, they are superstar numbers, quite frankly. But, um, He's not far off being a star, Kamel. No, if opinion. you look at
0: his last 10 games, was averaging yeah. 25 points, 53% from the field, 45% from three. Yeah. And uh, he's not even a player Fantacular. who's, as you said, he's an intelligent player. He's, he's not necessarily a box score player as well. So, you know, you look at the rebounding and the assisting figures, they don't look great, right, in terms of for a small forward. You know, they're not LeBron numbers, for example. But you're right about his intelligence on the court and the way he makes... The Jazz tick and the way he stepped up in Mitchell's absence. And, yep, it's a scary team. And, of course, the series against Denver, two very similar ball-sharing teams, very unselfish teams. Uh, that would be that be a phenomenal. That would be absolutely brilliant. Um, but, uh, yeah, and there's absolutely no shame in the Raptors losing to the Jazz. As I said, 106-102 just pulled away at the end. They used their experience And to be honest, if I was the Raptors, I wouldn't be very unhappy. You'll have noticed uh, Raptors fans after some losses, the players just smile. The players just shrug and smile. Uh, They're having fun. They don't care about the result. If they win, it's, you know, party till the night's end. If they lose, it's just shrug and smile. Uh, It must be very nice for them. It's not so nice for viewers like us at home, but for the Raptors players, they're just just having a free season, essentially, uh, so far. Um, However, that did, the fortunes did change, of course. Um, what would you say? Now, can
1: I bring up one thing quickly? Please do, please do. What do you think about a certain player coming off Utah's bench scoring points against us? Do you know I thought I'm we weren't to
0: going you? to mention Matt Thomas. Uh, Mr. <laughs> 99%. Of course, a balling in the six, uh, endorsed shooting star. Uh, only dropped three this game, but, you know, he has been a very, very useful addition to the Jazz. I mean, if you take a player of Matt Thomas's calibre and play style, you're thinking eighth man for the Jazz, right? That system yeah, him absolutely perfectly. Um, he played yeah. particularly well, uh, scoring 17 against the Kings and then 10 against the Suns. And he's that player that I always wanted him to be for the Raptors, that spark plug off the bench, come off, get you a couple of threes. Uh, if the paint performance isn't working, if the mid-range game is more for other players. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you're right. Couldn't go without a mention. Um, But on a brighter note, uh, if I had to tell you that the Raptors had to face the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron and AD fit once again, with Stanley Mm -hmm. Johnson and Malachi Flynn in the starting lineup, really only Lowry and Siakam, the stars, um, what would you say the result would be? And why on earth did the Raptors... Win 121 114 against a Lakers team, pretty much desperately fighting for their playoff lives. What's wrong with LeBron and his Lakers, Farrell?
1: Our... Um, well, you uh, gave me the question of what would you guess the, the result would have been, and unfortunately, you took away my I took quick away. and witty response, which would have been I would have guessed 121 to 114. However, when it comes to this Lakers team, I mean, um. Well, let's let's look at the game first because just let's look at this box score because you talked about it, Kamil. You've only really got two uh, big players in the starting lineup. And what am I seeing, Kamil? 39 points from Siakam, 37 from Lowry, zero from Johnson, zero from Flynn and four from Ken Burch. What is going on? I cannot... My prescription must be off. It's not that much of a surprise, but you'd think with two duds in your starting line, you'd think there's no possible way that this team won. But boy, did those guys do some carrying! Um, so you got to give. Well, you got, got
0: to give. You got to credit Stanley. Stanley was on LeBron. Uh, yeah, that was his assignment. You know, it's not his job to score, and he was plus six on the floor. So mm. give him some credit there.
1: He did exist. Um, he was breathing. I agree. Um, however. Um, yeah, I mean we're giving Gillespie 20 minutes like yeah it is it is desperation time but um, looking at this Lakers team come out, I mean uh, everyone knows what the problem is It's they've been without Davis and LeBron James and um, unfortunately well, they got them back
0: this game what's the excuse now?
1: well they've been out for so long and they're probably not back at full fitness which we saw with our Anthony Davis as well in the Trailblazers game I think we had to unfortunately leave again um, again LeBron's When what since he's come back he's been in and out he he didn't play in the last game against the Blazers either Um, the main issue is a lot of these players they haven't actually done too badly in those guys absence in terms of they've done pretty much what was expected of them but that's what happens when you miss your two starting uh, players unless you have players who can fill that kind of role whether that's uh, even if that's inefficiently so like Somebody like, for example, um, who would I put into this bracket? Like, Caruso is never, ever going to give you 20 points, even off inefficient shooting, even if you put the ball in his hands the whole game, because that's just not his game style. Um, the only player we you could pro- poss- possibly, for this Lakers team, put into that bracket is Carl Kuzma, but he is so unbelievably hot and cold. And, of course, he had one of his hot games against the Raptors, uh, 8 for 16, but um as a Lakers fan you hope okay in those guys absence this is when Kuzma this is when we think this guy was our our main guy in the Anthony Davis trade who we said no we will not trade him he is going to be our third man our big piece for the championship team you'd hope he does more than he has done during the stretch and uh Kamel what what happens if these guys end up in the playing tournament I mean goodness gracious against the Warriors
0: especially imagine that
1: oh what did he say Kamel
0: against the Warriors especially against the Warriors can you imagine Curry and LeBron going at it for a place in the playoffs that would uh, that's a fall from grace if I ever saw one but um, But
1: what that, that would be pure fireworks wouldn't it yeah exactly fall from grace it's not the finals anymore guys um and I don't know about Clay Thompson's injury timeline. Actually, is there any possibility of him being back for that? I presume not, Kamal.
0: Um, no, no, Clay, Clay is not going to be back. But you know, uh, we're going to go into the Warriors in another episode. But uh, yep, yeah. they're delivering, and, and Curry and Draymond are carrying that team. Um, yeah, one sure. thing I wanted to talk about in this Lakers game in particular is Marcus Gasol not playing. <laughs> Um, He's obviously, he's come back last couple of games. And I saw a bit of the Portland Lakers game last night. And man, especially without LeBron and AD, you need a guy like Gasol to run your offense through. Drummond, who's obviously starting, he's playing 30 minutes a game. He shows up on the box score, right? He's perfect for fantasy basketball. But as a lot of Lakers fans are now realizing, that's all a bit of an illusion. He's not quick enough uh, or he can't play-make well enough to really deliver as the kind of centre that the Lakers need, OK, he'll grab you 10 to 15 boards a game, but what's he doing beyond that? You know, I, yeah. I think, I think yeah, 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 really, yeah. they made a little bit of a mistake, not with signing Drummond, because you need a player like that, but with sidelining Gasol for Drummond.
1: Very interesting point. Um, I think we could even uh, look at and say, um, you know, uh, this is another thing. They've been without uh, Schroeder these past couple of games as well. Um, I think if you had Schroeder on the floor, yeah, that's the guy who's going to be your secondary or your primary playmaker. But being without him and then without uh, James as well in those games, yeah, you need to have Gasol. I think somebody said, like, all Gasol does is play a somewhat decent interior defense and he does a little bit of playmaking and he does nothing else, which, okay... He has, we've said uh, we talked about Kamel last season, like his precipitous decline. He is not the same Gasol from even two, three years ago. But yeah, I completely agree with you. When when you have the likes of um you know Anthony Davis and even Alex Crusoe being your main paymaker, guys, in the starting lineup, you think to yourself, nah, <laughs> it's got it's got to be Gasol in that situation. So um yeah, I agree with you. And and you have to ask maybe this team, would they have benefited from signing potentially another playmaker that comes off the bench I mean we talked about Campazo for the Nuggets but we've seen what happens with LeBron out for this team they they don't have Rondo like they did last season we see Yeah, I was about Campos. to say they re, they needed Rondo like Caldwell Pope yep, okay he was, yep. he's a
0: good two-way guard but he's not he's not Rondo is he
1: and that's the thing Camille we talked about this offseason and we said have the Lakers got better that's what a lot of people were saying hmm I'm not sure about that now.
0: Now they need a 35-year-old point guard who can't shoot threes uh, to, to to deliver. But he's a stud at
1: everything I else. That's oh, I, I love
0: Rondo. Don't get me wrong. I love I mm-hmm. love a playmaker. Um, yeah. you, well, that's that that's the Lakers. I mean, you're right. On the Raptors side, it was pretty crazy, right? Siakam, absolutely delivering. I mean, 39, 13 rebounds, four assists, two steals, two blocks. He was absolutely brilliant, and he's on Incredible. a tear. This last few games of the season, he's trying to prove he can be the number one option against these big teams, and I think for Kyle Lowry, um, this was just probably maybe the final game where he shows out for the Raptors. Thirty-seven points. He's really not played all that much since the trade deadline, for rest resting reasons, uh, foot foot reasons, of course. But yeah, eight eight threes. He nailed this game. Eleven assists, and it was just a magical performance from Lowry uh, from Lowry and I think since the decision not to trade him went through there was a mm-hmm. there's been a little bit of discontent in terms of what the hell is the point of keeping Lowry apart from maybe for mentorship for the likes of Malachi Flynn mm-hmm. you know if he's not going to play what, what's the point why didn't we just take Tyrese Maxey? you know and, and rebuild mm-hmm. now you know hopefully there's a plan hopefully there's a sign and trade plan in the future but you know if he can deliver these kind of performances maybe one more in these next five games i think it'll be a nice nostalgia tour it's obviously a shame he can't end it in front of a raucous uh toronto crowd but he'll yeah. have to he'll have to make do with a tampa crowd who like to boo their supposed home team more than, <laughs> more than others and we'll come we'll come on to that later yeah for the, unless there's anything to add about this lakers yep. game i just want to say also shout out to the Bembry. brembry Again, I've mentioned it before, becoming one of my favorite role players. Plus 15 off the floor, 14 points and eight rebounds. He, he can do anything, Benbury. He's a very, very underrated signing. I think he can maybe work his way up into that seventh man role for the Raptors next season. Uh, unless there's anything else, though. Uh, can we go no. into a bit more of a depressing game?
1: Oh, if we have to.
0: Right, yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a short trip over to the LA Clippers. Um, of course, this was a matchup with Kawhi Leonard. I'm always, always depressed whenever we play him because although the Raptors do manage to shut him out and of course, the man only shot six shots this entire game because of Nick Nurse's double teams. But of course, with a plus 20 rating on the floor, Kawhi was instrumental in delivering a very tight victory for the Clippers. And again, it's a victory without Lowry, without Gary Trent Jr., without OG and uh, it would have been nice actually to see OG defend his mentor and Kawhi see what happens against his protege. But in any sense, it didn't happen. The Clippers, of course, looking to hunt down that uh, two seed and the one seed, um, managed to pull out in the end. I think thanks to Paul George mainly. I'm not sure if you saw the end of this game, but it was a brilliant block on one end and just nailed a dagger three on the other. And
1: uh, yeah, warming out this season, man
0: he's doing well I mean he got like, I think like Siakam he got a reputation because of you know pandemic P uh, playoff P bubble P that sort of thing uh, those derogatory names given to him after a couple of poor playoff performances uh, yeah. but he's he's turned up and he's delivered so all, all fair play to him uh, otherwise I, I still
1: the... don't think Kamel personally yeah. um, I've always thought this guy has all the talent in the world of course he's not the same guy he was in indiana just because he's not as athletic as he was then indiana paul george if he would carried on with how he's carrying on he's he would have been in the same conversation as durant lebron leonard i have no question in my mind about that the level of talent was just out of this world even during last year's playoffs i thought this guy's talented enough he, everyone can see how talented he is it's just the mental side right do you you think he's the right system
0: the right coach is that
1: is that i don't think that was an issue because you saw he blamed everything under the sun um after the playoffs doc rivers this that he he mentioned i think what was it that i think one example was he wasn't getting enough in the pick and roll system as the primary ball handler i can't remember what exactly it was but then they did somebody didn't break down an analysis of stats and he's actually received more of that particular action than he has throughout his entire career um, was the thing that he mentioned. Um, So, yeah. um, Like, yeah, we don't don't want to be armchair psychologists on the show, but from what I've seen, he just doesn't... Whatever that barricade or blockade is, he doesn't seem to get past that mental barrier in those big moments and so we just again for him I didn't think he was going to have as good a uh, regular season as he's had because we talked about it early on and um, this year didn't we come out when the Clippers had their struggles earlier on and we said oh look Paul George didn't you have a there was the Mavericks game right they were down for like what 50 60 in the end in that game
0: uh, yeah yeah they were totally totally destroyed yeah
1: yeah and we I think Paul George had a dismal performance uh, along with the rest of the team of course but we said it's not surprising that the team performed like that in the absence of Leonard and under George's stewardship and we thought oh this is going to continue for the rest of the regular season but nah he has really turned it around for the regular season but for him we just have to judge him once it comes to the playoffs because yeah the guy has all the talent in the world it shouldn't be surprising he's performed like this in the regular season but can he do it when it matters most in the Pals.
0: Yep. And that's a, that's a good note to end the Clippers uh, section on. However, a couple of little shout outs. One was Kawhi talking about Van Vliet and Siakam's development since he left. He said Van mm. Vliet was so much more aggressive on the floor, even then during that magical 2019 run. Uh, similar mm. things about Siakam, of course, and he's really becoming a two-way player. Kawhi of course we know he doesn't mince his words he doesn't joke he's not the kind of guy who's cynical this is honest honest opinions from a guy who's played a whole season a whole championship season with them is now facing them again so he knows the Raptors are in good hands however on the other side Van Vliet basically summed up I think what we're talking about he said that we're the best, worst team of all time, you know, in terms of... <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, that's self-explanatory itself. And uh. there was one chance, as we said at the start of the episode, to turn around this season. And that was a game against the Washington Wizards. Mm. they had just lost the night before. They are on the second night of a back-to-back. And Toronto came out strong. They won the half. They were up by nine points at halftime. However, you know, this Wizards team... I don't know what's got into them over the last 15 games or so, but they do not give up. All their players ball out. And if their starters uh, aren't delivering, then you've got the likes of Robin Lopez, 24 points off the bench. Can you believe it? He headed to the free throw line 14 times. Uh, sorry, seven times, 14 free throws. Uh, likes of Bertanz, you know, delivering from three. He scored 14. He was a plus 19 off the floor, on the floor. And it was just too much in the end for the Raptors. But the game, of course, did have everything. Siakam delivering once again in a high-pressure game. 44 points, right? And that's not only from uh, layups, not only from drives, right? He shot two threes. He shot 11 free throws. He grabbed 11 rebounds. He got seven assists. He's really, I mean, it's almost like he's taking inspiration from that Kawhi quote about being a two-way player. Brilliant, brilliant performance from him. But he was able to back
1: up. Yeah, go on, come on. Sorry.
0: Oh no, go, no, go on. I'm just on my uh praising Raptors round. What are you saying about Pascal? Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just going about to say, even we got 17 from Ken Birch. You almost had a double double.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it's almost it's it's very comforting that that's almost a given. Because in all the games you've mentioned, we haven't mentioned Ken Birch once, but he's always got those kind of similar figures, he'll always get you 15 and 8, you know, 17 and 10. In this game, it was 17 and 9, of course, with four blocks. So it's very nice and he will get paid in the offseason but the Raptors do have cap space and actually low-key one of the signings of the season. And if you had Ken Burks yeah. for the start you'd be you'd be comfortably fifth, sixth seed at the minute because yeah, he's much. just been phenomenal. Fair Stanley Johnson um, with another egg of course, another zero points but we don't blame him. We don't blame him. He defends very well. There's a reason Nick Nurse gives him 30 minutes a game. Uh, he's not quite that OG two-way player. OG of course rested for this game. But uh, the closest thing was Gary Trent Jr. Now, there was a rumour going around that apparently there's a clause in Jr.'s contract where if he plays a certain amount of minutes this season, then his cap hold increases and the Raptors will have to pay him more. I'm not sure how true this is, but there's been a reason why he seems to have been rested more than a lot of other players, even though he's, of course, one of the youngsters who's set to build this franchise going forward. Uh, This was the first game he played... um, no, while. He played 36 minutes, 25 points, sh- really showing out. Um, it was a shame. We'll, we'll come to the end of the game in a bit. It was a shame why I didn't take the last shot. But um, yeah, he was ably backed up by Van Vliet. Of course, uh, Gary Trent usually plays that small forward role. You envision him, at least when he was signed, alongside Lowry and Van Vliet. Uh, instead, he played the shooting guard role and seemed to thrive for some reason. It wasn't a role he was able to play that much in Portland, of course, obviously due to uh, the existence of Lillard and CJ McCollum. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very comfortable performance from him there. And of course, it's always encouraging when hopefully one of your franchise leaders contributes like that going forward.
1: Um, I Yeah, good point there, Kamil. And I think with Trent, like, he is just, okay, purely based off his, not just... Height. I was gonna go with. He's only six four, isn't he? So like yeah. potentially he's more suited, suited for the shooting guard position. But just his play style as well. Because if you're six four and playing the shooting forward, then your defense better be like very very good. Because even if you get a hand up on some of these like six eight six nine guys at the shooting forward position, you are got to not really disrupt their sh- shot too much. So he's not that kind of defender. So paying the three he's just going to be a liability purely because of his height and um yeah i just think looking at his play style as well he's just more suited for the shooting guard position so um you're right it's probably due to mccullum and um dane and he's also not the type of player that could potentially um pay as like the secondary playmaker for that trailblazers team because it was either Lillard or McCullum. of course McCollum liable and talks about how good his handles are for a start um, so yeah he wouldn't ever take that secondary uh, playmaker role but potentially do you think that's something he could actually do for this Raptors team especially with um, Larry not being here next season would you like to see him potentially take that role over the likes of Malachi Flynn, who seems to be developing as um, that mold of player?
0: Uh, I did consult our Portland expert on this, and uh, he didn't have the kindest things to say about Gary Trent's dribbling or, or finishing. So I m- would much prefer him as an off ball player, a kind of 3D and D guy, you know, um, okay. two way guy, rather than a ball handler. You know, luckily with Van Vliet and Flynn, you've got enough. And of course, let's talk about Bembry once again. That's your third ball handler. So mm. um, I, th- I think Trent Jr. can be more of a off-ball offense kind of guy. At least okay. that, that's after cons- consultation. Um, mm. I, w- I, do about, awesome. I do want to talk about. I do want to talk about another top guard though, and that's on the other side today, and that's Russell Westbrook. Um, who's a, I know I know we could go on about Neto and Beal, who combined together for fifty-three points, but it was Westbrook with thirteen. 17 rebounds and 17 assists who really stole the show and who has looked inspired these last few games It maybe it wasn't necessarily all going to work out when he was traded for John Wall there was a bit of questioning why that happened how Westbrook would work but seems to have uh, solved all the issues right?
1: Well, well, well firstly I, mean, um, I don't think people question too much how that fit would work because It was more of a stupid trade because you're swapping a like-for-like player. It wasn't because I think people said, oh, how's Westbrook? He's not going to do anything in Washington. Um, If you think about it, Kamel, this team is pretty much where you expect them to be on the fringes of the playoffs. I had them as my potential eight seed going into the season. I thought Russell Westbrook is still an XM player, but this team has got a lot of problems elsewhere outside of him and Bradley Beal. And you know what? This team outside of Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, have not been great. Uh, Beal has been very good. Russell has been... Russell Westbrook, he's a a star player. Um, I don't know why people... Okay, he had a couple of bad games to start the season, but you said he's had a um, good couple of last... uh, His last few games have been pretty good, but... No, I'm saying he's been
0: been absolutely inspired. I, I know he's a excellent player you know you compare his, mm-hmm. his his regular season stats have been good right he's been averaging 22 a game but he's been averaging a triple double a game yeah right? but it's just yeah. in the last 10 that he's averaging 14 rebounds and 14 assists
1: yeah and that, okay. he's delivering
0: on that That's more true. on that end as
1: well which is has he ever averaged that you know it's a good point i, I
0: don't think so and um, you know you look, at, look at the indiana game 21 rebounds 24 assists you know it's it's it's
1: 20, sorry, twenty-four assists.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there, there's something. I'm saying you get what I'm saying when there's something wrong with this man right now, and
1: yeah, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Yeah. You
0: talk about Beal, now, nah, night. You talk about Russ. That's the reason Washington have gone from obscurity to becoming probably the most feared team uh, by the top, by the upper echelons of the Eastern Conference. Yes, Philly are shaking yeah. in their boots right now. <laughs>
1: Oh, maybe not Philly imagine this Brooklyn team without Harden oh, right. that could be an interesting game <laughs> That's that something could be to very imagine. interesting I mean I'd say the defences they're probably quite similar and then you have to ask yourself what man, wow man Durant and Harden against Westbrook I mean what a series I I hope I hope this happens I'm not sure how it would happen though Camille, because um, I haven't looked into this playing structure I don't know if for example the number 10 seed could they end up as quote-unquote the seventh seed and hence end up playing the nets or are they limited to only the eighth seed i'm not really sure how it works
0: um well let's just look up the rules i think it's important to note um yes that uh that is westbrook's 180th triple double that he got and i think he's one behind oscar robertson uh just now and, and i mean we all remember that season where he broke the record by getting 42 um in a 72 game season he's already got something like 36 um, so he's he's having an equally equally good season um but yeah sorry you asked about the play in so the number 7 team plays number 8 uh, the winner of that will earn the number 7 seed locked in then the number 9 team uh... hosts number 10 and then the loser of the number 7 number 8 match up plays the winner of the number 9 number 10 match up so i mean in all uh... honesty that could likely be the paces against the Wizards right now
1: as a 9-10 yeah I mean yeah I mean if we're looking at the current standings I'm going to quickly look at Charlotte's schedule because Charlotte's are there only two games ahead of this Wizards team and oh my goodness Camille, the last game of the season is the Washington Wizards versus the Charlotte Hornets so that could be the game to determine this number eight seed and from what you said there Kamel, yeah that's how the Wizards could actually end up as the seventh seed so um looking at the rest of their games they've got the Magic and the Pelicans and they're oh sorry they've just played the Magic so they've got the Pelicans and then after that their remaining games they're all tough they've got the Nuggets Clippers Knicks and then Wizards and of course the Knicks have been on a similar run to this Washington team so um yeah that's that's what it's looking like in the east and i think i just quickly wanted to mention in the west because we're looking at the lakers position now the lakers they're three games ahead of the warriors and three and a half games ahead of the grizzlies you'd like to think that they'd be able to keep this number seven seed but what is there a chance i'm going to quickly look at their schedule now. they've got the suns the knicks Ah, this is where they've got a freebie. They've got the Rockets. And then they've got the Pacers and Pelicans.
0: Right. So, so what they you, could what
1: end you... up going one and four in that stretch, honestly. Um, the Rockets obviously are freebie, but if they go one and four, who knows what will happen. Um yeah, imagine that. Lakers is a nine ten seed. So would that mean then, Camille? So the Lakers would have to win two games in a row just to finish as the eighth seed. Is that right?
0: so the lakers would be wh- what position would the lakers finish in?
1: if they finished as the ninth seed
0: so they finished ninth they'd have to win a best of three against the tenth seed to have the right to play uh the loser of number seven v number eight for the final seed if that makes sense so they'll have okay, to basically and is, and is that
1: final game is that is that a um, one and done game
0: uh i believe it's best of three as well um no, it's one and done, I think. I think the only best of three is 9th v 10th. Uh, very
1: bizarre. Okay. Wow,
0: okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be an interesting one. I'm sure we'll do a preview podcast sort of outlining all the permutations. A little bit closer to the time, but yeah. But now I think it's I mean, safe, safe to say that Raptors mm. will not be in a play-in tournament. Oh, I'm, I'll no. personally be throwing my weight behind um, the Wizards because they're just very fun to watch at the minute very dynamic outfit um, so I'm throwing my weight behind them in the East of course got to give my loyalties to Portland in the West who with a win over the Lakers look likely now to secure 5th or 6th seed in the West yeah. so well that's it for me you know uh, we're still we're still going to bring you balling in the 6th don't you worry we're still going to cover these last few humdrum games Lowry's farewell tour of course but apart from yes. that Officially, nothing to play for.
1: Officially, nothing to play for. But um, there's something we could potentially do, guys. Which is, um, I know how popular our series of like um, post analysis not not quite post analysis, out I'd say like we it's artistic what we did in the previous two seasons when we would go into like the deep dives of each individual playoff games for the Raptors from their perspective, but. Um, you know, there was scripts written for each of those games, you know, I was spitting bars, please check I'd say check out my mixtape from last season, we should get a compilation of my best bars and those analyses because, yeah, it was pretty good work so, um, we could potentially do something like that for um, random games during the playoffs, me and Kamel will have a brainstorm about uh, what what possibilities we have for that, but um, of course, it's a bit unfortunate that we can't do it for the Raptors, but um, yeah, potentially we'll do it for a particular team we like, or we could do it later on in the playoffs as well in some of those high-profile series. We'll have a think about it.
0: Let's do it! Yeah, I'm sure the fans enjoy. If you have any of the playoff games you want us to cover, let us know. Tweet us at Balling in the Six. Also follow us on our new Facebook page. Same name as your podcast. Uh, you know you love it. We're going to upload little clips. Upload little reaction pieces engage with us on there otherwise we'll see you next time probably after the regular season uh, for a big playoff preview special
1: have a good one catch you then everyone